Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Lots to talk about today. The schedule dropped on Friday, Andy. Uh, so we'll break that down. Uh, all in all, a pretty favorable look for the Lakers. Uh, and Mark Stein, he of the uh, independent Substack now, which everybody should be subscribing to. Interesting note about Mark Gasol that came late last week that can have a serious influence on uh, the composition of the Lakers rotation. All of that coming up on Locked on Lakers today. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so Andy, I'm excited about this. Uh, the, the conversation about Marcus Gasol is, it's got some levels to it because not just in terms of like what the roster looks like, but where Anthony Davis spends a lot of his time, all of that influenced by uh, what Mark Stein is saying about the potential non-return of Marcus Gasol. So we'll get to that. Uh, before the end of the show, but let's start with the schedule. Yeah, and but before that, Brian, really quick, um, we got a comment on the iTunes show page from 3W Cooks that I wanted to read at the top of the show just to make sure that it didn't potentially get buried. And it just said, thank you. I really appreciate the effort and thoughtfulness put into every podcast. Please keep up the good work throughout the grind of the regular season. That is as nice of a compliment that anybody could ever leave us. Just the idea of recognizing effort and thoughtfulness in it because like if you ever think one of our opinions is crap feel free to say so i, like, don't, I, we, don't, I don't see how anybody would but sure go on right. I'll, I'll, i'm a, willing to play the hypothetical out right in a crazy world where you or i might not say something perfect like seriously like bring that whenever you want it would be extremely hypocritical of us to be in a front-facing position creating stuff where we often offer opinions critical of other people where we wouldn't be able to take that ourselves. Like that's totally cool. Even if we don't like it, that's fine. But it would always upset both of us if you didn't think we were putting in the effort, if you didn't think we were attempting to be thoughtful, even if you thought the thoughts were stupid, as long no, as you, you might, see the you labor might even behind be them. surprised and be like, wait a minute, they're trying and that's what they came up with. But please know we're trying. Like, right. We do put in the time, we do put in the effort and it's, and we, we appreciate that, uh, that that people see it. So um, that's what we hope to do is to be able to bring you guys some some thoughtful content or content that came with thought um, throughout the season. And we appreciate all the support that we've been getting both here and on the YouTube channel. So uh, thank you guys. So the, the schedule dropped on Friday. Schedule drop day has become one of my favorite things uh, to do. My annual ritual, of course, is to uh, wait for the schedule to come out and then go to Lakers.com and allow Mike Trudell, Lakers reporter, to break it down for me. Uh, he mm -hmm. did another great job this year. We tweeted it out. What were your overall impressions? I thought it was a pretty good setup, um, all things considered. There's no such thing as an easy NBA schedule, but all things considered, I thought this was pretty favorable to the Lakers. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Lakers are going to look at this thing and not have a ton to complain about. First of all, they have a great setup for working out a lot of the early kinks and you know the opportunities to get guys on the same page with all these new faces because it's really really home heavy 12 of the first games are at home 12 of the first 15 games are at home and they are largely against teams that were out of the playoffs the only playoff right. teams they're going to face in the first 15 are phoenix memphis and then at portland you get a stretch at home well, against right and, 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 and i think you i think you need to include golden state in there because golden state with clay is essentially. I don't think Clay's playoff. actually. I don't think Clay's going oh, to. Oh, the Clay may not be playing. Open. You're right. Clay right. might not be ready for opening night. Right. Um, so, 
And yeah, you, so you get like a stretch out. at home. You get a stretch at home that's Cleveland, Houston, Houston. That's not even back to back. Like no, that was weird. Roll. That was yeah. a very strange field. Like two Houston games consecutively, both at home. Right, but you you get rest in between those two crappy teams. You know, like one one of your only road games is against OKC. Another's at San Antonio. That you know they're semi rebuilding at the very least. So. That that's really good for them. Like it picks up pretty dramatically afterwards. They got a five game road trip: Milwaukee, Boston, Detroit, New York, Indiana. Last two back to back. Like that's challenging, but at least you get fifteen games to open up under pretty good circumstances. Right. And I, I look. I mean, the Lakers home every year. We do this. Like we were like, oh wow, the Lakers have a home heavy early schedule. Like it's always home heavy because. Uh, with the the way that Staples Center is used over the course of the season, they always end up having to take longer road trips in in February, into March, and stuff like that. So it's not so. It, but it, the fact that they're not playing too many good teams is is important. And like you know, this is something I want to get into before the before we're done talking about this stuff. I I, I think one of my big impressions of the schedule is that there aren't a tremendous amount of terrible teams in the NBA. Yeah. I am, I'm not convinced at all that there are a lot of great teams, uh, teams that are really like really capable in any meaningful way of making a finals, for example, without something weird happening. I think it's a small handful, uh, and, and they're really weighted to the East as opposed to the West. But of the crappy teams that are in the NBA – the Lakers see a lot of them early. I mean, like Oklahoma City and Houston are two of the genuinely bad teams in the league. And to get two Oklahoma, I mean, it seemed like Oklahoma City like six times in the first month. It's only twice. But um, like that's a tremendous service because it's it will be helpful for the Lakers to get off to a good start, quiets a lot of the questions, quiets a lot of the 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 angst that could be around them in the morning talk shows and the media stuff and all that stuff. If the Lakers get off to a you know 10 and 4, 10 and 3 start, great. And it you're 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 running and you're off and going. And if you if you lose three of five somewhere in between there, it's not nearly as noticeable as it is if you're losing, you know, if you're 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 eight and eight and you lose three of five and suddenly you're under five hundred and you're a headline again. So that part of it works out really well. Yeah, there was another good part of it that I that I thought works well for them in terms of the timing out of the whole season. Uh, and this is a great observation by Mike Trudell. I'm not sure it would have hit me on my own. Um, in February, they are never out of the Pacific time zone. Like all of mm -hmm. their games are either in LA or they're in Portland. They're they're in somewhere that puts them on the West Coast. And I think that's really beneficial because that's right around the all-star break where guys are often starting to feel it. Like, you know, you're you're getting kind of burned out. You're looking forward to that break. But the slate of teams that they actually play are pretty good. So that's enough to keep them engaged and, you know, continue to like be a part of the process of the season for particularly for a team like the Lakers that's building towards a, you know, a, what they hope is a championship run. But it's a really optimal setup for that challenging slate of teams. So I thought that was really good for them. Well, and particularly for, for a team like the Lakers, a veteran, I mean, discussed it already ad nauseum and we're going to continue it's a veteran group andy you mm -hmm. may have heard um it's not these guys don't care if they play on the road first of all everywhere the lakers go except for places like golden state and even there you know you, you still see a lot of it like there are very few arenas where the lakers travel 
where they're not going to see a a pretty big contingent of Lakers fans in the building. Um, you know, maybe Utah is an exception to that rule. But you know, when the Lakers go to Atlanta, it's it's a quasi home game. Even okay. now, with the with the Hawks being good, when they when they go other places, people show out for to see LeBron, to see the Lakers, whatever it might be. So it's it's much more about time zones yeah. and sleeping and how much you know uh how much how many back-to-backs do you have um that makes a difference for these guys and if they're getting on a plane and they're going to sacramento that doesn't matter first of all again another place that's essentially a half home game and that's you know an hour and a half on an airplane your body clock doesn't change stuff like so i, I agree with you like you know road games great whatever where are the road games? That to me is much more significant. So again, as I always do, I go to Mike and let Mike break down the schedule. This is why. Yeah. And then finally, they, they've they got only 12 back-to-backs, which is on the low end. Two of them uh, are no travel. They've got a, uh, two separate home back-to-backs. So, you know, that's great for a team of this age. And like I've said, Brian, I've said this a few times now, and this schedule only confirmed my uh, prediction, unless Either of the teams I'm about to name just end up ass, and you cannot paper over the ass factor. The league is going to rig this so we get Lakers Nets in the finals, but that cannot happen, Brian, in just one fell swoop. You don't just start by taking the obvious steps once the playoffs begin. Everybody's watching. You lay the groundwork from the outset. Rigging is a marathon. It is not a sprint. So this this is part of the foundation that is getting laid towards, again, the league trying to give us what we all want anyway, oh, yeah. which is Lakers-Nets. I haven't even looked at the the Nets schedule. Guarantee it's favorable. Yeah, by the way, the ass factor was going to be the original name of this podcast until we learned HQ really does demand you have to put locked on mm-hmm. in front of everything. And yeah. you know, so we just we played ball. And locked on the ass factor. <laughs> it was too wordy. It is. Uh, um, all right, so uh, a few more things that we want to break down. <laughs> locked uh, on we, ass was actually surprisingly <laughs> taken. <laughs> I but for a different yet. network that isn't as family friendly as David no. Locke wants to keep this one. No, no, I, um, he, he needs to look into that. I think it's a, I think it's a bootleg network. I bet they get a lot of downloads. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, more schedule. Especially now come. that OnlyFans is getting shut down, or you know, a lot of the parameters <laughs> I, are changing. I see an opening. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sweatblock. Few things in life that are just not fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. Like when you are sweating through everything you're wearing, your entire wardrobe for no reason. It's embarrassing. I don't want to talk about that. So that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just apply it at night before bedtime. Next morning, you wake up, wash, you filthy pig. Then you go about your rest of your day. Don't worry about sweating. Use it once or twice a week. You can stay dry the entire time, guaranteed or your money back. No more pit stains. No more picking out your entire wardrobe based on what will hide your sweat better, you know, dressed all in black like you're some type of -of out-of-work mime. Put it this way. If you know another sweat solution that is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show, tested by firefighters, I'm listening, but until then, check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off. Sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again. All eyes, Andy. They're turning to football. Yes. Preseason football is back. People are doing stuff. I haven't watched yet. 
Um, but you know, it's it's out there. Uh, it's it's gridiron time, and Bet Online is your number one sport for uh, number one spot, I should say, for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, uh, and and all the contests, including online's biggest half million dollar excuse me, NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. It's all open now on Bet Online. So you head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 100%. That's a good, good welcome bonus. Uh, so be sure to take advantage of opening day, super promo, uh, make an equal bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the C uh, Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Um, so again, that's NFL100 to get $25 back, even if you lose. It's a sweet that's pretty game. good. Sweet deal. Yeah. Um, all right, so from football, basketball, boxing, right up to your Vegas, Vegas, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers for the 21, 2021 season. Uh, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Still, not going to lie, Andy, still thinking about the possibilities of locked on ass, but we'll, we'll move on <laughs> for the time being. And we um, definitely have to have that pitch just right. Yeah, no, again, you want to, <laughs> I was going to say you want to flesh it out, but I'm not sure if that's better. Hey, um, anyway, so what? A, a couple quick things before we move on to some other schedule and uh, Marcus All stuff. The end of the year was also very interesting to me. The Lakers, as home heavy as the beginning of the schedule is, the end of it. Ten of the final fourteen games are on the road, and it includes games against Dallas, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, and Denver, and then home games against Philadelphia and Denver. What I found interesting about this, Andy, is that. I, I've said it a few times. I don't know who the contenders are going to be in the West. I think the Lakers are are absolutely rightly going to be the prohibitive favorites to win the conference. So far, that seems to be the general consensus. You know, Phoenix should be just as good as they were last year, if not a little better. After that, I'm not sure. We're going to see a lot of these teams. If Dallas surprises and makes a little bit of a leap, Porzingis and, and Luca figure it out, um, whatever it might be, that that elevates. We'll see them at the end of the year. Utah, if they can do what they did last year, we'll see them at the end of the year. Um, Golden State, you know, if Clay's back and look more like a legit team, I know you're skeptical, but it's certainly possible they yeah. could be a you know a, a, a high end Western Conference team. We'll see them at the end of the year. I'm skeptical, uh, but it's not impossible. Right, I I, I agree with you. I, I I think there are reasons to be you know to be skeptical, but I it's going to be kind of cool to see a lot of these teams near the end of the year as the playoffs approach. I don't think, assuming it's not a situation where the Lakers are hurt again, banged up all the time, in which case there are bigger problems. I don't think it's going to be a situation like last year where we're kind of like, are they going to make the play-in game? Like, where do they finish? Like, where, are they going to be the play-in or the top six, whatever? But it's just the fact that you get to see some of these, you have some road tests before the playoffs against some of the teams that you're going to see. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know which I mean, ones are going to be the ones that matter more, but I think it's going to be cool. Well, it's cool from an entertainment factor. It's also from a very pragmatic, this is what the season is about perspective. You want that level of competition before the playoffs begin, so you have no choice other than to get as dialed in as possible. And I think I think it hopefully brings out the best in you as a team. You know, you you want to be facing that level of competition before the playoffs begin and hopefully doing really well against it. I and mean, that can, yeah, that I can mean, end up a really good sign. 
I know you had a couple observations too that you want to make about players coming back and you know sort of those those first home games in front of the, the Staples crowd. But like too, but do you agree with me that there aren't a lot of terrible teams? Like when you look through the schedule, like oh that's an easy win, easy. Win. I don't see a lot of that because Oklahoma City should be pretty crappy. Houston should be pretty crappy. Um, you know, not without decent players. It's the NBA, but people understand what I mean. Orlando is probably not going to be very good. Cleveland's but not like, going to be very good. Cleveland's not going to be very good. Um, although they weren't awful, awful when they had their full complement of players, but you're right. They're not a good team, but you know, like Sacramento's not, they're bad, but they're not awful. Um, you know, San Antonio is not going to be awful. Some of those Eastern, you know, Charlotte's not going to be awful. Um, are they good? No. Are they awful? Probably not. Even Detroit. Um, they've got a lot of dudes on that team and you, you look at it and be like, most nights they'll probably lose. But every fourth night or third night when all of those pieces and the talent kind of is meshes in a decent way, like that, they're going to be nights where Detroit is really hard to play if you catch them on the wrong night. So I, I for if nothing else, to get back to that entertainment factor thing, because we don't know who's who yet this year. I, you know, the end of 82 games is a long season. And I, I I'd almost trade not having you know as many god awful games for having two or three fewer super duper marquee ones because there are enough of those there's still get Milwaukee and Brooklyn and you know the Utah games and you know, the Clippers games will be exciting if the Clippers don't have a chance to win a title this year I don't think without Kawhi it's still Lakers versus Clippers like there's plenty of high end entertainment there well, I mean, there there are two cliches that you hear a lot, but I actually think are rooted in reality, and they're both in play here. First of all, teams around the league get geeked up to play against the Lakers. It's just the absolutely. Truth. I mean, you, you absolutely see th- you see that all the time, and you know, you and I have covered this team for a long time, and you know, we went through the years, uh, you know, the when Kobe the Kobe Powell years were inexplicably the Bobcats would give them issues. And some of it, I'm sure, had to do with matchups, whatever. Some of it is, Always. this is the biggest Always. game of the year for the Bobcats. And they took it seriously. So you always have that extra factor, even when the Lakers are not the defending champions, of teams get excited to play them. There's a very good chance you're on national TV. There's a very good chance a lot of people are going to be watching it. A lot of people are going to care, if nothing else. So that's a big deal. The other thing, too, is just, cliche as it sounds, on most given nights, any team even the really crappy ones are capable of playing exceptionally well. Like, you know, what ends up the high mark of the entire season once you get all 82 games behind you, but that can happen. You know, they, I mean, that's, they, what, what was it? Philadelphia won like 17 games or something six or seven years ago, whatever it was. One of those was against the Cavs who won the title that year. Well, I so mean, it's like, look, I think the, it was, that was opening night during the, the kids era with D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, B.I. Kuz down the line. They beat the championship era Warriors a couple times. Like one, one of, of them those, was a, one of those was a Sunday afternoon. Yes, uh, we're pretty sure Clay was drunk during that game. But still, <laughs> probably they but still, still, but they won. They they kept right. score and they won. And honestly, that Warriors team should have been able to beat those Lakers like on peyote. Like it really, it should not have been. Should not, there are, like if, no, if they if they drove up reenacting for real. The the drive to Vegas scene from leaving Las Vegas or not leaving Las Vegas from uh well no actually leaving Las Vegas I was thinking fair and loathing either thinking fair and loathing either one will still you know, should win if it's By a last thing on this Vegas set movie you throw in the Hangover that'll also work all right you had some observations about when guys come back to L A 
Yeah, I happen to notice going through the schedule that the first time they play the Wizards, whoa, uh, my ring light just fell. Uh, Russell Westbrook's team. Um, apologies for any. Uh, Andy will now do the rest issue. of the show shrouded in mystery. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, you did, it does. I mean, for people watching on YouTube, it does. You do look darker. Yes. I. You know what I look like right now? I look like uh, the half side. I was going to say, I look like the half side. Remember in Face Off? Where like you see Travolta talking, and all of a sudden it's Nick Cage in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. what I look like right now. But um, anyway, I noticed that that game, uh, the first time they play the Wizards, is at home after the trade deadline, which I think is really, really fortunate. Not because I'm concerned about the Wizards having enough time to go up against them, whatever. It's just you always have the thank you video thing. And oh, yeah. thank you videos now have become borderline obligatory for anybody who ever played in your team. And there are three former Lakers, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell, who are currently on that Wizards team. And my hope, and I've discussed this before, is that before the deadline, Trez gets flipped again because a thank you video that has KCP and Kuzma, two guys who spent multiple years with the organization, won a championship with them, that also has Trez tacked on because y- you have to do it like out of just politeness. Well, it's kidding, That's right. going like, to be really weird for everybody. You can't have a, a thank you video that only invites two people in the class if there, if there are three people. You have to invite right. everybody. Right, and that's just that is going to be incredibly weird for everyone involved. Like whether you think Trez should get a thank you video, shouldn't get a thank you, that's whatever, separate discussion. If he's still on the Wizards and KCP and Kuzma are still on the Wizards, he's going to end up in a thank you video with those guys. And that's just incredibly awkward for everybody involved. So I'm I mean, really hoping what? he gets flipped. Contavious Caldwell Pope was was delivered by God. Yes. To the Lakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's mana from heaven. Yes. Trez can't compete with that. No, absolutely well not. Well-meaning, he played hard, but like, yeah. no, you can, but like, actually, in fairness, those two, I mean, people applaud for Trez, I guess, but like those two guys will get a nice uh, welcome back. In absolutely. As, as, and, as, and KCP. Right. They will as well. They should. And then I, I started looking through the rest of the schedule, figuring out when former Lakers are coming back and thinking about their potential for thank you videos. Um, the first guy who will be making his return uh, November 15th will be Alex Caruso. He's obviously getting a thank you video. I, I think there's no question about that. All I, I mean, I think it'll st- they'll have to start the, the pregame ceremonies around 530 because it'll be a full length feature. Yes. It's it, not absolutely. just going to be one of those three minute things. But you you got to give at least an hour 40 to the soaring eagle of freedom. That is Alex Caruso. Yeah. It'll Anything else be- just cheapens his work here. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a video that is actually film length and is probably entered in some festival. Also, um, uh, just preemptively to the guy on Twitter who always complains every time we ever mention Caruso on this podcast, stay mad. Um, next guy coming up is Markeith Morris on the 21st. Miami's in town. Keith is an interesting guy because he was there for winning a championship, but he was a pickup you know, right after the deadline, then they went into that weird, you know, pandemic crappy time off the bubble. Yeah. He was, I mean, really genuinely terrible. Yeah. Before the bubble, he wasn't that great in the bubble until the playoffs started. He was nails in the playoffs in Mm -hmm. the bubble and was pretty bad last year throughout. Right. That's an interesting video. Does Keith get a video? I I mean, I think, 
I yeah, think that's I, enough. I think the ring is enough, but it, <laughs> there's going to be some it, people. It, to paraphrase Don Draper, that's what the money is for. There, <laughs> there, well, I think in, that's his particular, in his particular right. case, not a ton of money. There are going to be some people like, oh, shit, yeah, Keith was on the team. Yeah. Next guy arriving, uh, December 7th, Dennis Schroeder. That is a Danke. fascinating case. Danke, Dennis. Thank you, videos. <laughs> here's where I here's where I will have the because he is not going to get a good reception. From no, he's going to get his ass all. booed off. Yes, um, I don't know how you say boo in German. It's probably boo mm -hmm. um, with, with umlauts over the O. Yeah, it's just B O umlaut. Right. <laughs> We're going to use that joke. Yes, we um, I I would have tremendous respect for the Lakers. Um, you know, in-house entertainment staff. If the entire Dennis gets a, a a thank you video, and it's all about thanking him for turning down the eighty-four million, <laughs> like it's just it's a video of an empty Tasha, <laughs> like because <laughs> the, nothing in it, no Tasha. Okay, it's it's just a video of Jeannie, Rob Palenka, Russell Westbrook, the three biggest beneficiaries of this. Just talking about the different ways it affected the organization that Schroeder <laughs> turned down that money. Like, and I mean, I, I'm sure part of the calculus they're thinking it's like, yeah, we're paying, you know, Russell Westbrook ninety million dollars or whatever it is, but like, it's only six million more than we were going to pay Dennis. So Dude, that's a way it's better like, investment. If I got to choose like, between you know, one or the other, it's the same amount of money is going out the door, but we decided to give it to Dennis over two fewer years. So, oh, it, uh, we've Danka Dennis for turning down Der Tasche. Yeah. Uh, or whatever it is, I, I, I'm sure I'm not doing that right, but uh, they're close Euros. enough. Yeah, good um, enough. And then uh, uh, New Year's Eve, you've got the triumphant return of Ben Mclemore. <laughs> I think fans are going to be too drunk to notice. No, I think Ben Mclemore absolutely should get a thank you video. If nothing else from people <laughs> like us who thoroughly enjoyed the Ben Mclemore experience. And then finally, I'll March make one myself. March twenty third. You're just holding it. From, you're just holding a video on your phone from from the media. Scene. It's me. Yeah, it's just me. Just thank you, Ben. Ben Macklemore gave us so many good jokes. Yep, none of them intentional. And then finally, March twenty third, Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> like by this point, like is it just sort of silly? <laughs> like does he still get a thank you? Next video? I don't he think didn't Andre play Drummond terribly. He caused no, a lot he didn't. of controversy. He was fine. Andre Drummond was fine. <laughs> he caused a ton of controversy, but it wasn't really his fault. None of it was his fault. None of it. Um, I, I think that's when we'll see. We what we'll know what's happening based on whether or not Anthony flies in for the game. Um, so we'll see. And it's a lot of time between now and then. A lot of there's there's time for healing. And then Wes and uh, Alfonso McKinney still not with teams. TBD. Yep. Um, let's get to Marcus All because this yep. is fascinating on a few levels. Mark Stein has an interesting note about the potential non-future in LA of Marcus All. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. And why would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same parts at a chain I don't, store? I don't know. I don't know. Or no, I'm I sorry. Mean, car <laughs> sorry I, keep, I keep responding. That's more of a rhetorical in the read. I keep doing it. I fall for it every time. Well, you know what? People as dumb as you need the reminder because you can get it for far less at rockauto.com. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump. 
353 bucks from a chain store that is marked up from 216 at rockauto.com they're a family business they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car your truck right locked on in the how did you hear us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Got a whole stack of those fuel pumps in my garage for my, yeah. I have a Honda Odyssey just in case, because they're yeah. so reasonably priced at rock auto. Um, Mark Stein, uh, formerly of, of ESPN and the New York times, one of the great basketball writers out there who now has his own, uh, independent Substack, which everybody should subscribe to totally worth it. Um, has a no had a note last week. Quote, I'm hearing that Marc Gasol is not a lock to return to the Lakers. Even after uh, even after Gasol said following Spain's quarterfinal loss to the U.S. in the Olympics that he intends to play out the final year of the two-year deal he signed with Los Angeles. It's not clear yet if that means Gasol is poised to be set free to play elsewhere in the NBA or if he would ultimately opt to finish his career in his home country like brother Pau. Um, uh, a few things about this. Let's just kind of assume for one reason or another, the Lakers don't bring him back, like, you know, actively don't bring him back. Um, that has a tremendous potential impact. Or he actively, what I the mean, so it's clear or, people understand he retires. Or he, Right, either way. But it has a tremendous potential impact. Um, I just think it's different if if the it's slightly different if the Lakers engineer it themselves because it means they have much more of a plan and an intention one of how they want to do this. First of all, it means it would open up a fourth roster spot, one of which would have to be filled by a center. You have to have another center on the roster, but it doesn't necessarily need to be another center that they potentially plan to play a lot. It could be you know, a break glass in case of emergency developmental big. It could be a lot of different things. If the Lakers decide to move on from Gasol, there is at least a very good chance that it lends a lot of credibility to some of the conversation around Anthony Davis, not just playing more at the five this year than last year, or even as much as he did the year before, which is about 40% of his time on the floor. If there's no Gasol on the roster, now you're looking at 65, maybe even 70% of the time that he plays at center. Um, and maybe even more than that, because he's, you know, you got Dwight Howard on the roster and TBD. That doesn't leave a lot of dudes. Um, he would almost have to play a lot more center that way. And if the Lakers trade Gasol and don't really replace Gasol with a rotation quality center, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's reports connecting the Lakers to, you know, Paul Millsap, who's still out there. And, you know, he could be a small ball five or, you know, somebody that sure. put out there a lot. Uh, there, there I, I don't mean to say there are no replacements out there. No, Just but that it it's could not indicate what they might want. Oh no, yeah. no. I I'm I agree with you. I I think it I I my point in bringing all that up is there are other guys out there but nobody that feels like a better option than Marc Gasol playing at the five. I mean that uh Anthony Davis playing at the five more often, sure. which like we've discussed before, if you removed preferences and star, you know, superstar player politics from the equation, and just said what is simplest and makes the most sense for the Lakers. It's AD at the five, and it's not even close. Like Espe especially with the Westbrookian evolution yes, of the roster. Yes, with this team, I mean, really with most teams, but especially this one, it makes no real sense that you would not play AD at the five 
more often than at the four, if not as his primary position. You know, I've said before, I don't buy at least wholesale the logic that him playing at the five is more likely for him to get injured. I think he is just as likely to get hurt playing the four versus the five for a variety of different tolls it plays on his body. Plus, he just gets hurt. Right. I would say short of the guys, it's just, it's not a position anymore where you're constantly, it's not only the way that Shaq did it, where you have four bodies hanging on all the time. There are certain players, certain matchups where physically yeah. it's a more dominant low post kind of deal, but not generally. And no, and not generally. And there also, there's not a lot of teams in the league where they've got a really big starting center and a really big backup center. So if, say, they didn't replace Mark Gasol with any real center of note, there, those games where you're against, say, Nikola Jokic, someone like that, you could start Dwight in Spot those start games. Dwight, sure. Right, and then figure out what happens with the bench minutes um, for, yeah, at sp- the five Start position. Dwight against Rudy Gobert. Used right, to exactly. I mean, there are ways you can do it. You know, it may not be the most ideal roster composition, but it can be done. The other thing, too, again, I've brought this up before, most recently in the show that we did talking about uh, various lineup questions, I have my doubts about Marc Gasol's fit with this team, with the starting unit, the way I think they're going to play, I I don't think he is a great fit. It's not that he's a terrible one, but I don't think he's a great fit either. And, you know, with Westbrook out there, there's less of a premium on the playmaking that you would get from Gasol because you've got LeBron out there, you've got Westbrook and to a lesser, but I think still notable degree, AD. We saw last year how much Mark Gasol's playmaking became less prevalent when you just had Dennis Schroeder out there with him. And Dennis Schroeder is not even close to the playmaker that Westbrook is. And while Gasol does give you some spacing, I don't think he gives you spacing that is really going to make defenses pay attention until he starts shooting more. He needs to start shooting way more. Otherwise, you will take your chances that Gasol may not even put up the shot. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it is the... It is that he and can pace wise really quick. He's not the pace they're looking to play at. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna need to run more. Um, and I mean, look, I mean, you don't need all five guys running up and down the floor. Gasol could be very effective as a guy who you know as a guy who starts the break. I mean, sure. obviously, as a rebounder, or whatever. It's not that he's. I mean, I, I'm not quite as down on it as you are. Um, he, it's I not that it, he has no utility, but I don't think he is a really natural fit either. I, I, I mean, if you're going to start a center. Um, aside from the running, you know, I think you know, would, there are better players, um, you know, I guess, or even stretchier players, I guess that could, you know, that could be, he still offers, I think some utility there. It's I just, don't disagree. you know, it, it, it's really based around the running aspect of it that I think is, is most important. Um, defensively, I actually do like what he does with that group, but, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I am very interested to see sort of who's the driver here uh, or what the backup plan would be. Would it be to go say, you know, to Paul Millsap, would you come here for a minimum um, and play? Because if it's not him, now you really are starting to get into... Hartenstein. I mean, not many other guys left. No, I actually, I would love if they, they, they can't, I don't think they'd be able to bring him in on a minimum, um, you know, without... I, I don't think he feel like he would feel like he'd get enough play. It's complicated to get somebody sure. like him. If they could do it, I'd be all for it. He was actually on a per minute basis pretty productive for the Cavs. I suppose you know he 
defensively fouls a lot. He does, but he does block shots and he's pretty skilled in terms of being a passer and a, a kind of a versatile player for someone of his size. But yeah, you're not going to look at him as a, you know, key member of a rotation on a team this good. He wasn't a key member of a rotation on a bad team. So um, there's not a lot out there. Yeah. Uh, and if Gasol doesn't come back, we'll see what the, the contingency plan is, but it might just be Anthony Davis, you're going to play more five. That, that I mean, sort of solves the problem. There's that report from Ramona Shelburne that before you know, Alex Caruso eventually went to the Bulls, the, the Lakers had had some talks with the Timberwolves for a deal that actually would have sent Caruso and Gasol to Minnesota as essentially a salary dump. Like we don't know all the details. It right. sounds too complicated just for that. But the idea that essentially they were willing to move Mark Gasol for nothing feels also just like an extension of how last season ended on a very awkward note between mm-hmm. Mark Gasol and the Lakers. And it also always seems like things end between the Lakers and Gasols on awkward notes. Yeah, they should bring the uh, the younger brother in just to release him awkwardly at some point. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, tomorrow, if you if you uh, great great episode, Andy uh, recorded on Sunday an interview with Justin Tinsley from the Undefeated about the new uh, Nipsey Hustle uh, pod documentary that's coming out. It's five parts, Andy. Correct? Four yeah, parts it's, and uh, bonus, four parts and a bonus. Um, it's part of ESPN's Thirty for Thirties podcast series. Um, it's Great stuff, and it's just it's about Nipsey Hussle's impact on NBA culture, Los Angeles culture, the commonalities between him and Kobe, who both you know, tragically passed away pretty near each Within other. About and, six, and I think it's about six months or something like that of each other. Six like months that. to a year, but just like right. and the the connection points between those guys, and just it it's a really good discussion and i i am really looking forward to uh justin's series he's a really talented writer really smart Very. guy i mean if you look around the city though i mean like there there are obviously so many murals of both of those guys and yeah. so many of them they are depicted together so yeah um he, uh, really great great episode coming up for you guys on tuesday uh looking to get the uh previews of kendrick nunn scouting reports on kendrick nunn and also kent bazemore and, uh, and trevor reza with kendrick nunn uh, and Trevor Reza and uh, Ken Paysmore. So all that is coming up. So still a lot of good stuff to do mm-hmm. as we get into the the office of off seasons. Lots of great content coming on Locked on Lakers. Really appreciate everybody's support, and we'll see you on Tuesday.